I think it's up in that every way, and I talk everywhere, and I talk with our international partners, and uh, we just had a meeting with uh, our African partners last week, and I've talked with our Europe team uh, as well last week, and it's everybody's dealing with the same thing everywhere. You know, it's a little bit worse some places than others, but it's still nice to be together. I think one of the things I learned was how much we need each other. And of course, we had a, we were forced to distance uh, because of the virus. But um, then, then we, I missed people. You know, for, first I, we sure and I couldn't travel for about a year now, a little over a year. And our first trip, we're, we're going to be able to go to Albania in uh, three weeks, is it? But at first, I liked you know the break to stay home, and it was sort of quiet. And then after a while, I'm like, no, I, I miss people. I miss being with them. I was listening to a um, historian last week and he said there's only two times in world history where an event affected every nation on the earth and this was his his uh, way he looked at it but he said world war ii every nation was either involved in the war or at least had to align with either the allies or the uh, axis nations you know just for protection so that was then, and of course there was a major shift that took place in the world, um, horrible time and all kinds of things changed. But now here again, every nation in the world has been infected by, impacted by this virus. And um, I don't enjoy it, I don't like it. Um, who would have thought that we'd ever be experiencing something like this? I mean, it, I, I was in Europe when it first happened and I just... Uh, we saw it over there first, and by the time we came home, things were locking down here. And I would have never guessed that the world would experience something like this. Some of the things this year I've actually enjoyed. I feel like God's taught me some things. I had some breakthroughs in some things, and then there's other things I've not enjoyed. It's, it's, it's been a pretty hard year for a lot of people, depending on your work and um, decisions you needed to make and so on. <clears throat> and even for Christians... Uh, of course, every, everybody's thinking about the end times and about the kinds of turmoil that happens then. But I also, this is, this is me, I also feel and believe that God will use this time to prepare many people around the world, their heart, to receive Jesus. And I expect to see an explosion of Christianity. So, you know, right now everybody sort of has to be careful but I believe that there'll be a time, I think he's using this time to open people's hearts. You know, in, in Joel, where it says, um, multitudes in the valley of decision. I sort of feel like right now God's shaking the heavens and the earth. But that's only to reveal his kingdom, which is unshakable. Amen? And um, I think this is what I expect is a, is a huge harvest. So I'm trying in the midst of dealing with fear and anxiety and uh, not sure what the next year or so will hold, trying also to see that I believe this is a time of opportunity uh, for us to grow uh, internally and, and also for the gospel to grow. Oops, sorry about that. So I'm going to talk to you this morning about the topic of breakthrough. Um, and I'm, I, I used to be a farmer. You might remember that, those of you that were here, and I was here the last time. But I'm going to tell you a story from our farm about a pig as an illustration. So any farmers here? I didn't think so. It's a different world in Lancaster County, isn't it? Well, by the time you leave, you'll at least know some things about raising pigs. How's that? 
But I, I, I picked this topic. I was telling Paul that I feel this isn't just general for the body of Christ. I haven't preached, haven't told this story for quite some time, but I felt like God wanted to give some of you as individuals some breakthroughs, maybe many of you, but in certain areas, and even the church give a breakthrough this year. And uh, one of the things I did this summer was I studied the life of Jeremiah and the book of Jeremiah. I'd never really uh, studied it that much. But I'm going to begin with um, the story of when Jeremiah was called. And I want to talk about how to break out of personal, uh, how to break past personal barriers, whether they're um, something that we face internally or, you know, even decisions to make. So I'm going to read Jeremiah 1 starting with verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, because I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go, and all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and break down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. I think I'll just stop right there. You know, one of the interesting things, we look at all these hearers of the Bible, the prophets and uh, all, all the people that we follow, and um, we, 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 they, they, they seem like they're super people, like maybe God gave them more than he gave us, and they're a little bit more uh, strong and skilled and so on. But yet one of the common things is that they struggle with what God asked them to do, and they don't feel confident, which is how I've always felt that way. And I think, uh, I mean, some people wrestle with that more than others, but I've always been one that have, have wrestled with the fact that am I Am I qualified? Am I, am I capable? Am I, do I have the skills that I need? Do I have the, uh, the faith, um, the boldness to do what I need to do? And that's what Jer- Jeremiah, that's how he responded here. And I believe Jeremiah had some internal barriers that he had to break past, some internal um, things that, that, that kept him from doing his future. And so he ends up arguing with God a little bit about it. He ends up in the end doing it, which we see that often in the Bible. But it's interesting. I don't know if you've thought this before, but God knew you before you were formed in the womb. So, you know, when you were just a mind and a thought in the mind of God, of course, my mom and dad can tell me stories about when I was two, three, and four the funny stuff I did, and of course I can't remember, but I take their word for it. And they, they knew me before I knew myself, and they know me better. But here God is saying, I knew you to Jeremiah even before you were formed in the womb, and I don't know what to do with that exactly and how that works, because I know God gives us choices. So it's not like he made us and everything is predetermined. I don't believe that. And yet something about the way Jeremiah was formed would have connected with what God had in mind for him or the other way God chose him because of of who he was and uh, I I believe that um, none of us are an accident regardless of how we've come to the earth 
and there, are, there is a, a personality and a calling and a set of gifts uh, and even a purpose for us to be on the earth. I heard David Letterman one time said, everybody has a purpose in life, so maybe yours is watching television or something like that. He was, I thought that was pretty funny. But I believe that there is, there is something inside of us that, that drives us and motivates us and that um, was put there by God, maybe dreams that are there. And the church has this problem of making everything either spiritual or unimportant. So, you know, when we think of calling in church, we think of, well, I'm called to go uh, to Asia to, to, to be a missionary or something like that. But I, I believe that some people are called to be in business. I had a young man in my church when I was pastoring. He... They were trying to convince him to go on staff in the house of prayer. We have a 24-7 house of prayer, and they, wa- and they wanted him to be on staff full-time. And uh, he was wrestling with it, and he came to me, uh, you know, for some kind of guidance or encouragement. I said, well, what would you really like to do? I said, what, would, what do you feel would make you happy? And he said, I really believe that, I, he said, I really want to be an engineer. And I said, go be an engineer. You can serve God. You can pray as an engineer. You don't have to be full-time in a house of prayer. So whatever your, our calling is, I think many times we're wired a certain way because God has called us to do something. But sometimes God does call us to things that stretch us, that we feel unprepared and incapable for. And um, Jeremiah here, he, his calling he felt was bigger that he was comfortable with. I think he was a young man, as I understood his story when this happened. Um, at least that's what he says here. But many of us and many in the Bible have wrestled with God over things he wanted us to do. In fact, sometimes people, I believe, have said no to God on something just because they felt, I, I can't do that. I'm just not cut out for that. It's not me. It's not my gift. And maybe they had conviction that God wanted them to, but they said no. And I think we all have dreams and ideas that we back away from, probably because of fear. Now, fear has been a big topic this year. But, you know, fear can keep, I believe it's the thing that the enemy uses against us the most as Christians. Whether it's sharing our faith or just expressing worship in a meeting like ours. And, by the way, we have some other HarvestNet churches have worship by video. And I was telling Paul, uh, you know, the presence of the Lord can manifest and does manifest the same if we're worshiping, regardless of whether it's a live band or it's recorded, so it's possible. I mean, we all prefer a live band, but um, at any rate, i got to watch my rabbit trails. You, 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 you go till what, 1 o'clock, Paul? No? I'm kidding. All right. So Jeremiah had to break through some barriers to fulfill his destiny. Something stood between him and uh, what he needed to do. You know, what's funny is that Jeremiah... God just got done telling him, I knew you before you were born, and I know how you're wired and how you're created. In fact, I'm the one that made you. And yet, Jeremiah has the audacity to suggest that he's not equipped to do what he was called to do. Sort of funny, isn't it? We'd argue with God. In other words, he's the maker. He built us. He designed us. uh, He knows what we have. And I've seen people, you know, nobody's perfect. I've seen people that are far from perfect but they were like perfectly designed for a certain job or for something and they just the way they were made just made them best for that so 
You'd think, though, if God asks us to do something, that he would know already that we could do it or he wouldn't ask us to, right? And he, he would have made us and wired us to do that or at least would give us the ability or the grace to do that. Um, and Jeremiah, I don't think at this time when he was called, understood the magnitude of God's grace and that God would freely give to him everything that he needed to do what he was called to do. So he tries to explain to God why he can't. It's just, you know, I, this is a big calling, it, but this is why it's impossible. And um, I, I believe that oftentimes we, God calls us to do things that we have to move out of our comfort zone. We will set up a life where we're comfortable and what we feel we can do and what we can't and what we like and so on. And then God calls us to do something outside of that. And it stretches us and we have to wrestle with it. And I don't know if you've ever had any, have you ever been around or you've looked at people, maybe your heroes, and you think, well, they, everything just comes easy for them. They don't, have to, they, don't have to, they don't have to go over some of the hurdles and barriers that I do. And um, they've just been given more. And I, it, just, it just comes easy. I had a few people like that in my life. And uh, when I got close to them, and I, you know, I have to say, you, you sort of feel envious and you feel at awe at what they've been able to do and so on. And then I get close to them and I find out that they actually had to overcome some tremendous hurdles to do that. In fact, most great people, if you re- this is one of the reasons I like biographies, you find out that they had some tremendous things to, to overcome, whether it was physical, psychological, something in their, their background or their family line, uh, some circumstance. And they pressed past that. And, um, you know, we see people that seem to be bold, and then we think that they always were that way, and maybe maybe they weren't. But I believe everybody has personal obstacles, and I think we have to choose to break out of those things. And I think God will help us, and I'll unpack this in a minute. But here's what Jeremiah says. First he says, I don't know how to speak. Anybody else use that one? <laughs> I can't talk. I just heard recently that uh, speaking, speaking up um, is one of the things that Americans fear most, or public speaking or standing in front of people. And I'll tell you my story in a minute. But I've used that already, that I can't talk. I'm not gifted to do that, whether it's sharing the gospel or what it is. Jeremiah tried that when it didn't work for God. God guarded him. But you know, Moses, as far as we know, probably had a stutter. And that's a, that's a very hard thing to overcome, uh, and, and and God did give him help, but he was but God chose him, and, and Moses was one of the most tremendous leaders in the Bible. But Jeremiah also says he was too young. Did you, did you ever use that one? I'm too young. When I I'm not prepared yet. I need a little more training. I need a little more experience. So later on in life, maybe I could do this, but not now. I'm not ready. I'm just not ready for that. When you get to be my age, you start using the opposite excuse, I'm too old, <laughs> right? Let the younger people do that. I don't, I, 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 I'm too old for this. I can't do this anymore. And what it comes down to, if God's asking us to do something, this comes down to an excuse. It's basically us trying to find a way to get out of it. Um, and it, I just don't know that we can tell God what we are willing or unwilling to do based on how we feel. I think that it often calls for us to, to press past that. But where, like I said, it could be sharing our faith or using a gift in the spirit or maybe starting a business. 
Um, I remember talking to people about business and encouraging people in the business world, or maybe it's in the realm of government or education. The church has, has separated the, the spiritual or the holy and the profane or the earthly too much. And I believe that, that uh, we're wired to do many different things, each of us, and, and God calls us to these different spheres. And right now, we need Christians to step up in these places of influence instead of feeling like the only spiritual thing to do is just to be involved in the church or in missions, something like that. But if you, if you look at what God told Jeremiah, he said, don't, don't say that you're too young. I know, I know what I'm doing in calling you. I've, I, I, I'm smart enough to figure out that, to ask you to do something you can do and what you can do this. And, uh, you know, don't limit me by how you feel. And he says, you know, don't say I'm afraid. And as I said, I think fear is probably the biggest thing that the enemy uses against us. And there's all kinds of things to be afraid of. And even, I'm sure you've wrestled with this, but I've, 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 had, I've had a hard time balancing. I want to take the, um, the, the virus seriously. I do and, did, and have. At the same time, I don't want to live in fear by it or be restricted. That's, all, that's tricky, isn't it? It's very tricky. But I think we need God to help us with that. But I believe that if God calls us to things, we, we, we should agree with him. I mean, I've heard people say that... Um, I've seen people say no to God and then later on feel that God hasn't really given them anything significant to do. But actually they said no to what he gave them. But usually what happens when God calls us to do something is the enemy comes against us. And it can be very subtle, but we, we do have an enemy that's real, right? He's around us and he, particularly with Christians, targets Christians to keep them from doing the will of God and from being bold. And so if we feel, if God asks us to do something, the first thing that will happen is that the enemy comes, comes against us to try to stop us and try to convince us not to do it. And we have to push past that. And oftentimes um, we might create, like I said, a comfortable life for ourselves. And so, you know, we might try something and it doesn't go well. And so we'll retreat and say, well, that mustn't be me. It didn't go well. Um, and that, that's the pattern. And I think the enemy knows that as humans we can be stopped by discouragement or, like I said, fear or any kind of intimidation. He can back us up very easily uh, because he intimidates us. And his roar is much bigger than his bite, and we have to learn to be able to resist him. The Bible says resist him and he'll run. But many times we run instead of resisting. You know, Jesus talked about mountains of opposition coming and sitting on top of us. So you have a calling on your life, and just about the time you get feeling like ready you could do it, this mountain of opposition can come and sit on top of you. And it can happen to churches or groups, small groups as well. And we have to learn to, to push back. We have an enemy, and there's spiritual warfare involved, and sometimes we have to push back. But you know the only reason that the devil opposes you is because he knows that you could do what God's called you to do. If he knew that you were going to fall flat in your face and it's impossible to do it, he would let you go. And the same way with callings, I believe every church, um, like and this one included, has a unique calling and destiny on it. That God has put you in this neighborhood, he's put you as individuals in this neighborhood and city for a reason. And your calling as High Street Worship Center is unique 
but the enemy wants to stop that. And so we have to know where it's all coming from so that we can resist it. Um, so what blockages are, are you staring at today? I want to tell you the pig story in a minute. But what blockages personally are you facing? You know, when I was talking about Jeremiah, I, I grew up very shy. I'm still, I'm still fairly shy, a little bit of an introvert. Um, although I like people, it's a sort of a strange balance. I like being with people, but I, you know, I have my limits. I like to get away where it's quiet sometimes. But I grew up very shy, and when I was a child, they, would, they wanted me to help in the Christmas program at church. I had to say one line. It was just a phrase, and I, I, I just sort of lost it. I mean, I, I was nervous for three, four days uh, about this thing and worried about it and worried about it, and uh, it was just one line that I had to memorize. I was afraid I'd forget it. And this stayed with me through life to the point that if I had to give a speech, a short talk in school, I would get sick in the stomach, I'd have to run to the bathroom, all these kinds of things would happen. And you know, the first, probably for the first 10 15 years of preaching, I would have the same thing happen. Sort of ironic that God would call someone to speak to people when he's afraid of speaking, when people frighten him. Uh, and I just, I had to choose to overcome timidity and fear, and uh, particularly when it comes to public speaking. Um, but what, what are, what, and so that was a blockage that I needed to, or barrier I had, had to overcome for my work. Uh, what are yours, personally? What do you think God needs to give you a breakthrough in? What's standing in the way of you fulfilling the will of God this, this year? Could be physical, could be something habitual, psychological, could be a sin issue, could be a relationship, could be uh, just simply boldness to be able to do it. I don't know, but I want you to think about that. And, of course, the same uh, takes place for the church, and I believe that God wants us to exercise faith and break out of these places uh, of restricted. So here's what happened with the pigs. We had um, we had a couple thousand pigs, and uh, at, at all times that we had a herd that where we would breed the um, the, the gilt sows to have little pigs, and during the gestation period we put them in pasture because they're happiest, they're healthiest in the pasture. And we used different pastures, so we used an electric fence to keep them in. I don't feel too bad about it because it, the fence never hurts them. It does surprise them. Um, but what would happen is once they were aware of it, then they didn't even go near it. But the first, the first couple days were uh, interesting and because they would squeal when they got shocked by it, and then they would back away. So they'd have to find, if it was a square field, they'd have to find the fence or the boundary all four sides. So they'd get near eating, and they'd, their ear would touch the fence, and it would spark, and it, they'd, it, it shocked them. And so they backed away. Mental note, don't go near there. So they did it for all four sides. And after that, they would be happy and just stay inside that. That's a little bit like Christians, what the enemy does with us, where he will give us He'll have us experience pain or difficulty or challenge, and then we back off and just say, well, we can't go there. And what he'll do over time is he will restrict us inside our little safe area, whether it's personally or corporately. He'll restrict us in there, and we lose our confidence and our boldness to be able to do anything outside that. And he's happy, you know, because we just stay inside there, and that's the safe place. What would happen with the pigs is that they they would never go near it again. 
Um, in fact, they remembered it so well that, I mean, we could turn the electricity off and they would never challenge the fence. In fact, one time we, wanted, we took the fence down and we wanted to move the pigs from one pasture to the other and they would not go past the place where the fence was because in their mind it was, it was still there and they remembered the pain and the discomfort they had and there's no way they're going to go do that except for one pig. So we have 2,000 pigs. They all learned how it works. It worked very well. Um, but one pig would keep getting out. He would break out two, three, four, five times a day. So finally one time my dad says, this is an easy assignment for a farm boy, but he said, go up there, go up in the hill where they are and watch her and just see how she does it, what she's doing. Because we'd put her in and it wasn't long until she was out. So I got up there and I watched her, and what would happen is she would go near where she knew the fence was, and, uh, but not right to it, and she'd put her head down, and she'd begin to squeal. Before she even touched the fence, she'd begin to squeal because she knew what was coming, but she'd put her head down, squealing, and then she would charge the fence, and the wire would slide up over her back, and in probably less than a second, it was over, and she was happy, tail going, going around eating grass, everything was fine. And um, we, had, we had to sell that pig because we couldn't control her. She had figured out how to get past those points, and there was no way that we could control her anymore. So without insulting you, it's, it's insulting to tell an audience you need to become like a pig, but without insulting you, I, I, I learned a lesson watching her because uh, this was a temporary pain. You know, you know in the Bible it says Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him? I mean, he, he, he gave it his all and went through the crucifixion and death so that we, because he knew there was joy on the other side. He would have a whole family of sons and daughters with him, and I don't need to tell you the whole story. But he endured that pain for the joy set before him. And that's exactly what this pig did. Uh, she endured the temporary discomfort to get there. And this is true about anything in life. We, we need to make decisions sometimes uh, to go a certain direction. Uh, you know, one of the things about, and I'm a, I'm a spirit-filled Christian. I, I love the work of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we as Pentecostals, we sit around waiting for things to fall out of heaven. And God is so good. And he does, he does give us breakthroughs. But sometimes he also wants us to participate in it. He wants us to be involved in it, and it's not just all falling out of heaven. And uh, I love it. Every now and then, God will just, something will drop out of heaven for me, and it's like, wow, that is great. He's so good to me. But a lot of times, I have to participate in the breakthrough. i get back to my notes here. Because here's the deal. We can become breakthrough Christians because Jesus is inside of us. Amen? Jesus is a gate-crashing, wall-breaking barrier-removing uh, person and God. Okay, so we all know that about him, but did you? he is inside of you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that made him a breakthrough breaker. I mean, I, 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 I still have to one o'clock, right? I'm, I'm wrapping it up here. Um, don't you believe preachers when they tell you that stuff? But G Jesus gave breakthroughs to women in scriptures. He treated women differently than the culture of the time or other rabbis did at the time. And there's other things that Jesus did 
that pushed the envelope of the rules of that day. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting we become rule breakers. But Jesus was a barrier breaker, and he lifted people up and got them away from their, their barriers. Um, I mean, Peter, I won't go through all these, but there's examples. Peter had to make a decision to walk on water, right? He said, Lord, if, I, if it's you, tell me to come. And he knew that if God gave him a word to come, he could do it, and then, but he still had to step out of the boat. And he's the only one that did it of, of the disciples. All right, so here's, here, I want to read this verse, and then I'm going to bring it to end. 1 Chronicles 4, 14, 8 to 11. Uh, this is a story about David. And if you notice, the pattern is here. Remember I said when God calls you to do something, all of a sudden the enemy comes to stop you. It says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up in search of David, and David heard of it and went out against them. It tells you something about David. First of all, as soon as the enemy heard that David was anointed king, they came against him. It's just going to happen with you in your life in the same way with the church. But what David did is when he heard the Philistines were coming after him, he went out after them. It's a pretty good choice. He wasn't afraid. One place, I think it was when he slayed Goliath, it says that he ran to the battle. So that was David's mode of operation. Uh, but then in verse 11, it says, So they came up to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand, like the breakthrough of waters. They named the place Baal Perazim, which I understand means the place of breakthrough or uh, Breakout uh, depends how you translate. There's a Hebrew word parats, which means, um, well, I have that definition here. Yeah, it means the place of breakthrough. Uh, parats means to burst out, to increase, or to be opened up, and it implies that something's been restricted, something's been held back, something's been held down and oppressed, and it means that it was, they were, it was, they were closed off, they were shut up, and all of a sudden they broke out. And they pushed off their, um, their restrictions. Um, but notice that what David says. He says, God has broken through my enemies by my hand. Isn't that interesting? It was God that gave the breakthrough, but he did it by David's hand. So it was a cooperation between David. If David would have ran and hid... We don't know what would have happened. If David would have chose not to fight, not to be bold, we don't know what would happen. But since David did, God helped him, and he had a breakthrough, and even the breakthrough was done through his hand, but it was obviously with God's help. So keep that in mind. So what, you know, are, you, are you shut up and restricted? Are you oppressed in some way? Are you confined, um, pressed down? And... I, b I believe for, for many of you, God wants, in those areas, God wants to give you a breakthrough. And I'm going to pray, and I mean, it could happen today. Um, I was in California the other week, and a, a man prayed, and something happened that's changed with me uh, since I came back. Other times, you know, it can release something that a breakthrough comes at a later point, so I'm not promising it all now. But, you know, Micah, Micah 2 talks about the same thing, about the, and it says the breaker goes up before them. They break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. So their king goes on before them, and the Lord at their head. It's basically saying that Jesus goes before us. He is our breaker, 
But because he does this, we also get the breakthrough. And I believe that that's very true. And I, what I want to do is ask God to put a breaker anointing on you. And this is, uh, it's an anointing for boldness in the face of fear and evil. You know, boldness only makes sense when there's something that's intimidating and when there's fear or evil. And uh, I'm not saying that we become crazy and, and, and just disregard things that make us afraid. But I do believe that we can have confidence in the grace of God and his ability to help us. Um, and we, we need to be able to uh, push past those things, particularly when it's evil. I'll just say this. I, one of the things I've learned about spiritual warfare is that sometimes the point right before the breakthrough is the hardest. You know, like the, talk of the night being the darkest right before the dawn. And sometimes just before you will get a breakthrough is the hardest time of struggle. But I want to encourage you not to give up. Many times, if it doesn't happen quickly, like I said, we're waiting for it to fall out of heaven. And if it doesn't happen quickly, we will give up and sort of assume, well, this is how we're going to be. This is what life's going to be like. I guess I'm just not, you know, I'm not enough. And that, that's just simply not true. God made you. He didn't make you not enough. He didn't make you uh, in that way. So can I pray for you? Um, I believe God's going to do some miracles. And I don't, I don't know you. I don't know what you are wrestling with. Uh, maybe some of you have been toying with a business idea, and I'm not saying go for it. You're going to be a millionaire. I'm not saying that. But there, it's possible that there's an idea or something that's been rolling around that God wants you to just step out on. You, but you need to be sure about that, of course. And you might be wrestling with something internal that tells you, I'm not enough, you can't do this, like Jeremiah, I'm too young, I can't talk, all these things. All right, let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for High Street Worship Center and for Paul and Kathy and for all their leaders that work together here and for each individual. I know that you knew them, each of them, while they, even before they were formed in their mother's womb. And you created them and formed them and shaped them, able to do everything that you ask them to do. We oftentimes don't feel capable, God, and this is why we need to turn to you. But I ask you, God, to put an anointing for breakthrough into each person and into the church. I ask you for a godly boldness. I ask you for an ability to refuse to quit too quickly and to persevere. And if things are difficult, Anybody here today is going through a very difficult time. I ask you to give them grace not to give up and not to despair, but to persevere until they see the breakthrough that you have for them. And I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you'd put your presence, your spirit inside and just breathe life and strength and even adjust and renew our minds and the way we think and the way we look at things and the way we see things. Then I ask you to impart boldness to step up into all the things that you have for them, individually, as families, in their work, and even in the church here as well. I ask you for boldness. I break the power of fear over them in the mighty name of Jesus. I break the power of the, of the intimidation of the enemy, and I ask you to release a strong, strong sense that the future will be good. 
and that you are good and that you're going to help them to do what's there. And all the prophetic words and dreams that have died or were dying, I just pray, God, right now, I prophesy to them and I say, uh, you will live in Jesus' name and rise up and uh, receive new life again and new strength. Breathe on them, God, just like, like the dry bones of Ezekiel. Breathe on them and let them stand up, a mighty army. And I pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Wow. Was that a word from the Lord? Hallelujah. God is a God of breakthrough. 